Oh, hello there. I didn't see you. Though I'm sure you saw us. We are quite unforgettable. Yes, quite. We want to take this moment to promote our new segment on the Popcorn Prattle podcast entitled... Pretentious, 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 oh my god, I loved it. But I thought I was going to say the title and you were going to tell everyone that we'll be reviewing all of the classics of the cinema. Yes, well I believe the title sounds much better from my mouth. <laughs> I expect nothing less from an Oxford man. Okay guys, that's about as much time as we have on this promo. How dare you interrupt us, Bridget? <sighs> My name is Harriet. Shut up, Jake. We'll decide when we're through. My okay, camera macchiato are, guys, is far too hot. I've told you, I have sensitive teeth. Do you understand what that means? But that sensitive teeth, it hurts. It burns me to my very core because you are When we've had a good day. One of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated, one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. We have missed you so, so very much, audience. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the show. Uh, We are but a humble film talk podcast that likes to talk about movies, not so much in a pretentious way, but as if you were listening to your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined by my best good buddies. Uh, first up, you know him, you love him. He's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hey, folks at home, bow to your myth. <laughs> Stephen Bailey kidding. starting the show off weird. And of course, uh, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. And she also kept me from taking many shots during the uh, drinking game on Golden on the Golden Globes night. It's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. You don't have to bow to me, but, you know, a little recognition would be appreciated. Just a wee bit. Just a little bit. Just just a little bit. We have a very, very exciting show for you guys uh, lined up for you. Um, But before we get into our our list of topics, we do just have a little bit of housekeeping that we want to take care of with you guys. Um, So, uh, if you... Listen to this podcast, and during it, you find that you're really digging what we're what we're selling, um, and you really like us, and you want to show us some support, and you want to show us some love. Here's how you can do that: uh, go on iTunes, go on Podbean, go on Google Play, go on Stitcher, subscribe, like, rate, comment, share. Let everyone know that Popcorn Prattle is the film talk podcast that you definitely want them to listen to and as an added bonus um we are currently embroiled in a very very cool sweepstakes uh with a company called potable and i'm going to uh just give them uh, a little bit of time to tell you uh what they're about how you can listen to us on potable and the more you listen to us there guess what 
the more likely we are to win this contest. And let me tell you something, gang. When I talk about this pot, when I talk about this contest helping us out and making this a better show, I am telling you, this is the way to help us become a better show. So here we go. Here's a little message from Potable. Looking for your next favorite podcast? One that will teach you how to make millions with Bitcoin, help you lose those extra stubborn pounds, or make your spine tingle with a murder mystery? Stop searching and let Potable do the work. Potable is the only podcast player that learns what you love and recommends podcasts just for you. Import your favorites automatically and instantly discover new ones. Find your next favorite podcast today by visiting our website at potable.co or by downloading our app in the iOS App Store. That's Potable, P-O-D-I-B-L-E, and discover your story. So yeah, guys, go check out Potable. Um, you can always find us on Popcorn Prattle there. Uh, just type in, you can actually Google it, type in Potable, um, semicolon, Popcorn Prattle, and guess what? It'll pop right up for you. Uh, and if you would like to possibly help us out financially, because we are in the market to try and get some really cool shirts, uh, you can look for us on Patreon, uh, and you can help contribute there. All right, so. I've got the advertisement stuff out of the way. Guys, let's find out what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, first up, we're going to be talking about Deadpool and New Mutants. Now, the dates have changed for both of those films, and we're going to talk about what those changes uh, could mean for the MCU, uh, but also what it could mean for uh, just their movies in general, because Deadpool 2 is... Now very close uh, around uh, Avengers Infinity War, as well as uh, the new Han Solo movie. Which is kind of a bad decision since now Deadpool 2 is kind of in the same camp as as both those movies. So we'll talk about it. Um, if you are a big fan of Keanu Reeves and John Wick, guess what? John Wick is actually getting its own TV show. Um, and we're going to talk about the implications of that and just what that could mean. Could this be a new trend for other films as well? And then we're going to close out the show with our very, very, very popular segment. Um, I'm excited it's back. Um, I know my two co-hosts are also excited it's back. It's Go Home DC. You're drunk. And we're going to be talking about <laughs> Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League and how now apparently everybody wants to see it, even though we badmouth Zack Snyder for years. <clears throat> we're going to talk about it. Yes. We're going to talk about it. We'll get there. Um, but Lindley, Steven, are you guys ready? Ready. I'm pretty ready. All right, guys, let's prattle. Uh, Lindley, you got a chance to see uh, a movie recently uh, why don't you I tell us a little about that movie and, and what you thought i was able to see the shape of water directed by Guillermo del toro who had just recently won the golden globe for best director for this movie and i've gotta say it was weird <laughs> but it was beautiful i really love this movie and i'm also i'm also a fan of Guillermo del toro um i haven't seen everything he's done but Pan's Labyrinth, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, no, I'm, not at all. I'm a huge fan of Crimson Peak just because it's a Victorian ghost story. And that's my, that's basically my aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So I was very excited about You're a Victorian ghost. Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys knew that. 
thought that was obvious. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, you know, I was working my job. I had about five hours between my two shifts. So I was like, you know what? I'll go see this movie. I've heard a lot of great things. Love the director. Let's, let's go. And I was not disappointed at all. I was actually, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Nice. Um, so if you, if you don't know what The Shape of Water is about, ladies and gentlemen, let me, uh, tell you right now, I've found that describing this movie to people is really hard because they give you weird looks when you tell them it is a movie about a amphibious man like kind of creature from the black lagoon style being captured by scientists and he befriends a mute janitor and they form a bond and they have to get him out of there. So people, when oh, people, she's mute. you know, hear that and they're like, Oh, that's mm. the one that's getting all the awards. Yeah. She's mute. Okay. She signs the entire movie. There's like a little fantasy sequence. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but for the majority of the movie, she is mute and she signs with her hands. And that's how she learns to communicate with the creature as well. And just their relationship is just so sweet and so innocent. Well, sort of. I don't want to say totally innocent because there are some adult things that happen in this movie. That's but what I hear. Really, what? Yeah. <laughs> really, what threw me off in this movie was Michael Shannon. Holy cow, he was terrifying. I forgot he was in this movie. He's the villain. He's kind of like the government guy that you know wants to, you know, study and dissect the creature. But oh, 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 he is both disgusting. And he's a great villain. So props to Michael Shannon. I don't know why he's not getting as much attention. Like, as far as, like, best supporting or things like that. Because he was fantastic in this. I mean, Michael Shannon, is to me, he's always one of those underrated actors. I mean, to me, he's he's the driving force of Man of Steel. Um, yeah. Like, he's, like, everything he's in is just, even... um the night before uh which is you know cheesy you know christmas movie uh with joseph gordon love it he still he still steals every scene that he's in so I, i'm not so i'm not surprised he did he did great in this because this just seems right up his alley especially if he's the villain yeah and mm -hmm. cinematography wise it's it's beautiful the mm -hmm. i will say the kind of tw there is a little bit of a twist and I kind of saw it coming, so it's a little bit predictable, but not to the point where you're just saying, like, oh, this is going to happen. Mm. This is going to happen. And just all of the characters are very genuine. Mm. From from Sally Hawkins' character, Eliza, she's the mute janitor. She, you just, you, she's so, she has such a likable presence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this movie that you just can't help but root for her. Aww. Octavia Spencer is her janitor friend and she's fantastic as always. Um and I feel so bad. I cannot remember the actor's name, but uh she plays uh her neighbor. And he's he's just super likable. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was just it was a beautiful time at the movies and it made me 
appreciate it felt like going to see sort of an older movie hmm. it's hard to describe just the just the feel of it the fantasy of it all mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. had a very classic feel which i really appreciated so, you, yeah you know what it might might be Lindley, and and this is going to sound surprising especially on popcorn prattle where i feel like you know especially today where most of our topics are comic book movies related <laughs> um i think it's the fact that it's not a comic book movie um i, I think that might be it too because that that's what the whole market is saturated with right yeah, now. yeah and i would be the first to say i love me some comic book movies i eat that crap up for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> I do. Popcorn Prattle, we're a family show. We are a family show. I just, I, yeah. I just really appreciate it. It was, it yeah. was a beautiful movie. So if you, if you get the chance, if it's in your area, go see Shape of Water. I do want it to win a lot of awards, especially visually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know because I still haven't seen a lot of the Oscar bait movies this year. I've seen I Tonya, I've seen Shape of Water. Um, I've seen The Disaster Artist, but I still have a few more to see. Like, like Call Me post. By Your Name, uh, The Post. <laughs> uh, the sh- I, I know this is a comic to last time, I like downplayed The Post. And um, <laughs> I really also want to see Three Billboards Outside of Epping, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. So I cannot say if I think that it's going to be the front runner mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Best Picture. But out of the ones I have seen, out of the three big Oscar bait movies I've seen this year, mm-hmm. I think this is a top contender for me. And again, this is saying not having seen all of them, but right. I think I've enjoyed this one a little bit more. I like that this is the movie that Guillermo del Toro is is getting recognition with. I mean, I think he's a great me di- too. director. Yeah. Um, it's vis- deserved. Visually, I mean, he is, he is hands down one of the best. Um, he doesn't always know how to tell a great story. Um, because mm-hmm. he's, he's told some bad stories. Um, but, I mean, like you, I mean, I, I love, like, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, I love the Hellboy movies. Like, I thought those were really cool, and, and the design of them is just really, really fascinating. So when I found out, when well, when I first saw the trailer for this, I said, oh, this is Del Toro all the way. Um, <laughs> and then when his name popped up, I was like, okay, yep, that's <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but this definitely feels like, uh, this is definitely a movie that I'm, I'm like, I've got to see it in theaters. Like, I don't want to wait till it's on Redbox or wait till it's on, um, on Netflix before I get a chance to see it. So that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Um, speaking of comic books and comic book related things and how the market is saturated with it, um, Let's let's take a moment to say how I guess how silly this this date change is. And if you don't if if you if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, um it came out recently that Deadpool and uh Deadpool 2 and uh the new Mutants movie um have changed their dates. Um Deadpool and guys help me out. Deadpool got moved up Yes, Deadpool um, got moved up two mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. Um, to May 18th. Mm-hmm. So it's going to come out a week before uh, 
the Han Solo movie. And this information mm-hmm. is coming from Variety, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, new, and New Mutants got... New pushed. Mutants is pushed back 10 months from April 13th, 2018 to February 22nd, 2019. That's a huge pushback for something that has already been advertised. We have the posters. We have the trailer. Mm-hmm. That's a big pushback. And it makes me worried about the quality of new mutants if this is a quality thing and they think they need more time to make it a good movie then this might be a good thing if it's just a pushback to think they can get it more popular ugh, i don't know i mean do you i mean but do you really think that because to me this to me this is this just proves the fact that they're trying to insert they're trying to find the best way to insert mutants into the mcu that's what I that's what I looked at that as. I didn't look at it as a as a quality thing. I because I thought Fox was pretty confident about the response from New Mutants. Um, unless you guys have heard something about production that I I did not hear. Um, I haven't heard anything um, from production, but according to this article, this isn't the only thing that's getting pushed back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because from a certain movie. That has, as far as the X-Men community goes, mm-hmm. has been anticipated for a very, very, very long time. This movie got pushed back February 14th, 2019 to June 7th, 2019. And this is Gambit. Hmm. I forgot that was even happening. Yeah, I thought that got scrubbed, but I guess, no. I guess not. Well, Still they don't Channing have Tatum. a director. Still with Channing Tatum, and it was going to be with Gore Verbinski, but mm-hmm. he dropped out Thank and God. hasn't been replaced yet. <laughs> what was Gore Verbinski going to do? <laughs> Put Johnny Depp in it and just have him be Captain Jack Sparrow as a mutant? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, but I mean, from a from a marketing standpoint, um. And 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 Stephen, I want to I want to I want to I want to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a good idea to put Deadpool two around probably the biggest comic book movie um, that has ever come out with i.e. Infinity Wars, and then immediately follow it up with a Han Solo movie? When they're all now within like the same company, essentially, they're all under the Disney umbrella. Well, yeah, I was gonna say are, these are all Disney properties now, aren't they? Yeah. I uh, see. What I think you're kind of looking at here is you've got a an entity with too many products. Because um, I was thinking about this the other day, Disney now owns so many of the mega franchises. So many X-Men, Star Wars, Mm. not to mention their own line of franchises. So it's like, you know, when you think of franchises, they really don't have that much competition anymore. It's almost like I don't want to say Monopoly because you can't really monopolize franchises, but they have most of them, most of the big ones. And it's. It's almost like they're going to oversaturate their own products. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, 
I, I really don't, I really don't know what they're thinking. I almost kind of feel like they need to spread other products out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Han Solo movie, we haven't really heard much about it other than, you know, whispers and rumors. Haven't even seen a trailer yet. And mm-hmm. yet I feel like that movie, whether it's good or bad, it's going to suffocate where it's yeah. placed right now. I predict it may flop because it's not in a very good place, especially when you put these other films that lots of fans have been looking forward to immediately around it. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's just, there's just no way that's going to, it's going to do very well. Um, and uh, yeah. And I, I just, I feel like, cause the first Deadpool, didn't that come out like Valentine's day or something like around yeah. that time? Yeah, around that time. Yeah, because they wanted I, to mark because they were marketing it like a Valentine's movie, um, yeah. as a part of the joke. Why, why not do that again? Like, I feel like you know you've got a season for different types of movies. Why not use that to your advantage instead of just oh well, this weekend's free and not even you know give it a thought. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Yep. you know you really got to plan these things. It- yeah, because if they're pushing it closer and closer to things like Solo and Infinity Wars, even mm-hmm. as popular as Deadpool is, it's going to get crushed. That's a guarantee because you know everybody and their mother are going to be seeing those movies. Maybe uh-huh. not so much Solo, but ev- you know, how how long have we been waiting for Infinity War? How long yeah. has this been just pumped up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everything else that's going to be coming out around that time is going to get overshadowed by mm-hmm, Thanos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't always smile when balancing the universe, but <laughs> this time he will. I messed up the <laughs> quote, but you guys got you guys get what I'm saying. Sure, sure, we, <laughs> sure, we do, yeah, Marcus. Yeah. Which, but you know, but you know, I. Out of the three, I I honestly think Solo is going to take the biggest hit, um, because oh, yeah. I don't feel like people are excited yeah. about it. Like I we mean, haven't gotten anything from it. Yeah, we don't have we don't have a trailer. The only poster we have is something with just the logo on it. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. just got a plot synopsis out this week, mm-hmm. which i don't know this isn't boding i still am going to see it i'm still excited about seeing well, of it course. But this does not bode well Mm-mm. Mm-mm. i don't know like what what mystery could there possibly be around solo what are we going to find out that he really didn't accomplish the castle run in less than 12 parsecs maybe that's the whole plot is how he did it <laughs> Well, and that honestly, honestly, that that's what I think it's going to be. <laughs> well, and you think, well, when you think about like casual fans that like Star Wars, I mean, are they really going to be that interested in a Han Solo movie? Uh, and, and 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 I, not only I that, that vibe you had, you had Star Wars month in December. Yeah, like, why that was is a this perfect, changing? I, I well, I think it was. And this and this is gonna sound dumb, especially since they're doing these three back to back to back movies. Um, you have Mary Poppins Returns coming out in December. Hmm. Which, okay, who is actually going to see Mary Poppins Returns? I mean, I'm I mean, I'm probably gonna see it. But oh, I know I'm gonna go see it. But 
are the audiences really that similar that you were like, oh no, we got to move Solo away from Mary Poppins because Mary Poppins will tank if it's going up against Star Wars. If anything, you're giving people an option. Let families come to Mary Poppins and let like teens and young adults and and adults who want to get away from their kids, let them go to the Han Solo movie. Or you're probably going to have people sing both. Because these are huge properties. And it's during a break. It's during winter Mm -hmm. break. So you know people, like, some people go see two or three movies on Christmas Day. So you go see Mary Poppins in the afternoon, evening show, you go see the Han Solo movie. But when you put it up against Infinity War and Deadpool 2, I mean, come on. People are going to see those, like, two or three times. Especially if they're good. Mm-hmm. Now, if they tank, I mean, that's one thing. But if they're good, then people are going to see those movies. And it's going to it's gonna eat up into your profits for your Han Solo movie. Because especially, because mm-hmm. like you said, we've heard nothing from Han Solo. Nothing. The only... Really, to me, the only thing that I've heard is that they couldn't get their act together with their directors. Yep. That's that's what I hear. So mm-hmm. I'm so out of those three movies, I'm not looking forward to Solo. <sighs> like I'm you know not. We're gonna go see it anyway. Right. They've they've got us. I mean, we've barely heard anything about Deadpool. I guess the same argument could be about that. But at least we have a trailer. We have a teaser at least for Deadpool. And. Plus, it's like, and it's Ryan Reynolds, and he has gotten to the point, I think, he knows if his, he knows if, if the project he's working on is good, by this point. Yep. And oh, he yeah. is super hyped for Deadpool too. That makes me think we're going to see something really amazing in this movie. I'm excited for, about Domino. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. she's going to be fantastic. Plus, again, I'm I'm I really want to see that uh that moment when um I don't know if I mentioned on the show or if I was just telling Steven that moment when uh I was just telling Steven uh when Deadpool meets up with Cable, who's also played <gasps> by Josh Brolin. Yes. And he comes up to him and he's like, You look familiar. Like <laughs> like like Manos, Manos the hands of fate, and he's like, No, I don't know. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Deadpool, I want him to have this joke. I really do. Like, just insert it in there. I feel like they can just, they can do it really quick. But just to have a moment where Deadpool uh, looks to the camera and he's like, huh, it's like some stronger, more successful franchise bought out our company. And now, but they didn't think about, they didn't think about the repercussions if we had the same actors. Can't wait to see what they do with that silver guy. like i would like i want that to happen or even an easter egg with like deadpool going to disney world and he's like ah i guess this is home now (laughs) (laughs) you know and maybe like robert downey jr shows up i don't know something but again i'm you can tell from my voice i'm more excited for deadpool 2 than I am for solo. You know, solo. Yeah. 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 I just I just want to see something. Mm-hmm. Just give mm-hmm. us something. Give us a teaser. Give us some pictures. It's the only pictures we have is the cast in the Millennium Falcon. Right. And it's a cast photo. It's not even like 
in yeah, the scene. It's, they're not in costume. The only one in costume is Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Stephen, you know you had some because you didn't really get. A, we've been talking, um, and we talked about the X Men getting inserted into the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that this is the new mutants change is a way to introduce the X Men into the MCU, or do you think it's, or do you think it's something else? Do you think it's like, because I, because I didn't even think about that, Lindley, that maybe this is just because they don't have faith in the property. Who knows? We only mm-hmm. saw one trailer and it was good, but we don't know anything. Yeah, I mean, I maybe. I personally think now that you've got the rights to those characters, you should really just start over completely because, you know, I feel like if you try to incorporate the X-Men into that universe as they are right now, mm-hmm. you would just be inheriting all of those plot consi- inconsistencies and all yeah. those, you know, missteps into your universe. And I just I just feel like, you know, why not? start over from you know the beginning you know give us you know a 60 i I mean i don't know how they would do it but just kind of start it over just Mm -hmm. you know do your own thing give us a different you know whatever let there be the fox universe Mm -hmm. you know the same way we had the sam raimi spider-mans and just let it you know let it you know go quietly in the night i don't i don't i think it would be a (laughs) really bad idea for them to try and bring all of the fox Mm -hmm. uh established universe into Mm -hmm. you know the disney one do you think they can pick and choose though or do you think that's it's you can't cannibalize it like that you got to either start fresh or yeah i think i think you gotta start fresh because i mean Mm. i mean yeah you can pick your favorite pieces and you know which ones work which ones don't but at the same time those movies as they are, you know, they mm-hmm. exist in the same universe as those other ones that mm-hmm. you don't like. So you end up with a Superman return situation where, oh, only the first two are canon and the last two never happened. But mm-hmm. yet, no, the other two exist in the same universe as those other two. So you can't just say mm-hmm. we're going to ignore those. Um, they they happened people didn't forget they wasted money on them so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I i don't know i just i feel like it would be a really bad idea i think one thing that that protects um the mcu and and maybe this is um and maybe this is something i i haven't really thought about you know as much as they've never said the word mutants they've also never explicitly said inhumans either Especially in the well, movies. Well, we know all. You all well, yeah, we out. yeah we know that <laughs> we know how the Inhumans worked out, but it does work in their favor that the Inhumans were never really formally introduced into the film universe, um, because that seems to be the driving force. Anything that happens in the films gets felt in the TV shows, and anything that happens in the TV shows only relates to some TV shows, essentially. As, yeah, long as, as long as it's on the same channel. Um, now, if, if we recall, if I may be an MCU scholar for a moment, I'm pushing up my glasses. Um, if, if we recall, in Age of Ultron, um, 
Baron von Stucker calls uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, he calls them miracles. And the miracles were caused by the, um, by Loki's scepter. But if we also remember in Jessica Jones, the Jessica makes mention to somebody. There's a moment in the TV show where she's like, hey, I know hundreds of people like me. And they always refer to Jessica. She, they always ask her, are you one of them? Mm. And, she's, and she says no. But we never say, they never explicitly say who them is. Them could be humans. Or them could be mutants. So is it hard to assume, and, and this is where Steven's theory comes in, like idea comes into play, is it hard to assume that perhaps mutants are slowly starting to gather together through groups like the Brotherhood of Mutants, through groups like uh, Professor X's School for Gifted Youngsters, um, through the Hellfire Club, and that they're just underground. That they haven't made as big of an impact as um, people like the Avengers. Because they fear discrimination. And and you also have the Sokovia Accords. Which would, make, which would require them to get registered. I think you kind of looking at some of those other scenes. I think they're. I think they may have been intentionally vague enough, mm-hmm. um, so you could reinterpret them that way. Mm-hmm. Because, like you yeah, said, I mean, at the like... time, nobody really knew how the uh, Inhumans was going to go, and I think they realized, oh crap, <laughs> it didn't go out the, at all like how right. they wanted. Um, and so I think, uh, I think definitely, I think that was intentionally put in there that way so they could retroactively infer that's what they meant when mm-hmm. really they didn't have the rights to the X-Men at the time so right. they were setting up their dollar store version of the X-Men. It's almost like when it's almost like when they said in in Iron Man 2 the kid that Iron Man saves is Peter. Yeah. We all know that that was never meant to be Peter Parker but hey, you didn't because you didn't explicitly didn't say who the kid was. Like, of course you can say that's Peter. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that, maybe that is a thing. Um, I guess we will just have to wait and see. I'm just, I'm excited. I think it's, a, I think it's an exciting time. I just want it. I just want it to be done correctly. You know? Yep. That's all I want. Um, Folks, we're going to continue the show, but before we do continue, I do want to kind of take this moment uh, to give a little bit of a shout out to a podcast because, uh, guys, I got featured on a podcast, like a ghost story, ghost story that I had. No way. Yeah, right? What? Um, It's on the show. It's called The Spoop Hour. Um, It is a, a podcast that talks about... Uh, scary stories and different um, uh, ghost legends all around the country, all around the world. And that sounds right up my alley. What's that? That sounds right up my alley. It is a very, it is a very, very, very good show. Um, I'm, I'm actually hoping to get the two ladies that are on the show um, to, to visit with us. 
ladies? More so more females on the podcast? <laughs> what? Yes, yes Lily. <laughs> I won't be alone. <laughs> um, but we are. Uh, but we're still in. We're still in talks with them. Uh, in order to make that happen. But I just wanted to give them a little bit of a shout-out and to give you guys a taste of what their show is all about. Uh, and then when we come back, uh, we will talk about John Wick becoming its own TV show and what that could mean for the future of cinema. So, stick around. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Where can you get hot takes about ghosts, cryptids, farts, and cats? I don't know. Where? On our podcast, Spoop Hour. Oh, that's right. Each week, we talk about the things that spook us out, and we laugh through our fear. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour, and you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or really anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Feel free to also drop us a line at spoophour at gmail.com. We want to hear about your ghosts. Thanks. And we're back. So, ladies at the Spoop Hour, uh, please hit us up. Let us know if you were interested in being on the show. Um, Lindley's very excited to have you. We're, we're, all, we're all excited, but Lindley would very much like to not be outnumbered on the show. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm always outnumbered. <laughs> um, but guys, uh, so let me ask you this, uh, and Stephen, I know, I know you haven't, um, but have you guys seen John Wick yet, or know anything no. about John Wick? I know it's a movie with he owes Keanu me some Reeves. Money. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if you want money from John Wick, Stephen, because John Wick. I don't know if you won money from him, because John Wick, just to put it in perspective, um, and it's an old movie, so I'm not spoiling much, um, but (laughs) John Wick is about this man whose wife dies of some mysterious disease called the plot of the film. Plot cancer. (laughs) Sure. And and the the wife has, uh, has sent John a puppy. And and it's like, hey, John, like, I know I'm going to be gone, so I want you to have this puppy to love. Well, John, who was this ex-badass assassin who has gotten out of the assassin underworld, um, meets up with the son of his former employer. The son of the former employer is like, give me your car. John, of course, says, uh, no. And the son goes to John's house where he kills his dog and steals his car and leaves John Wick for dead. Puppy, no. That's cruel. John Wick then goes on an hour-long killing spree of dismantling the Russian mafia. In All what because might, they hurt his dog? And what might be New York? <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't explicitly say where it is, but but apparently everywhere in this in the world... There are assassins, and there's this whole, like, assassin society, like, they have these, like, they all use gold coins, and there's, like, there's people who they hire to clean up the dead bodies, but they get paid in, like, gold coins, and there's, like, rules that you have to follow, like, there's a hotel called the Continental, um, and it is in New York, sorry, it, the, the movie does take place in New York, and... At the Continental, the rule is no business can be conducted there. Otherwise, you you get das boot and killed. Das boot. And 
um, which becomes a big, a big plot point in the second movie. Um, but they have like a government and it's, it's crazy cool. Here's the problem. They never talk about it. It's really more about John Wick and him getting revenge or him fulfilling a debt as in John Wick chapter two. Hmm. Um, so I, I talked to Dave obligatory. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave. I love how this is a thing now. It is. It is. We need to By get shirts that just say, hey, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's uh, John Wick is finally, finally getting a TV show. And I, and I talked to Dave and I told him, I said, this is what John Wick should do next. John Wick should have its own TV show so that we can explore this assassin underworld and learn more about it um, and make it kind of like make it kind of an anthology series, sort of like Black Mirror. Where every maybe every episode is a new assassin, and maybe Ooh. some assassins are good, some assassins are bad, some of them are in John Wick's particular situation. Um, but it's not about John Wick; it's about like everybody around them, around him. Um, which I thought would be cool, and then I found out that they're making a TV show called The Continental, set in the John Wick universe. Where I don't know, if, I don't think it's an anthology series, but it's about the assassin underbelly. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Now, now you guys haven't gotten a chance to see it, so of course I'm not going to ask you, you know, specifically like what do you, what are your thoughts about an, a John Wick TV show? Um, but let me ask well, you this: Is this something that films should start doing? Should they start off as films and then move to TV shows? I think it depends on the movie. How so? I don't know. I don't I just don't think every movie needs to have an expanded universe in a TV show. Mm-hmm. Some I think do. Like talking about uh The Dark Tower, which be was a movie this past year did horribly, but now they're saying that they're going to create a TV show around it, and I think that is a universe that lends itself to a TV environment. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you're, you know, just taking a random movie that is popular and to make it a TV show just because it's popular and makes money, then I don't know. I don't think it's necessary. I think there are I think there certainly are properties that have benefited from it in the past, mm-hmm. like uh, Ghostbusters. You know, it worked way better as a cartoon series than it did as its sequel mm. or a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Men in Black kind of followed the same pattern. They had a TV show. I was too old for it at the time. But from what I understand, people really loved that show. And it was a great way to kind of explore that universe more. Mm-hmm. And um, for me personally, I would love to see um, a TV show that explores the wizard of Oz books. Um, Cause I feel like, you know, they keep trying to, you know, jumpstart a wizard of Oz franchise and film again, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you almost always have to start at or right before the wizard of Oz, the one everyone knows. Yeah. And right. there's so many more Oz adventures that go off into even crazier places than that one mm-hmm. that I feel like you could do it more justice as a TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember, but it doesn't always work because, Stephen, you're talking about you know Ghostbusters and Men in Black having cartoons. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that the Mummy, the, the Brendan Fraser universe, had a cartoon <laughs> God, series? Yeah. Yes, it yes. was not good. No, no, not at all. So <laughs> it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There are some universes that lend itself, like Ghostbusters or even Men in Black, but even Beetlejuice. The yeah. Beetlejuice cartoon was fantastic. It yeah. was great. And yeah. yes, I know John Wick isn't going to be a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it weren't weren't they going to make a Lord of the Rings TV show? Aren't they making a Lord of the Rings TV show? At some point. See, that yes. for me, that's a bit excessive. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. know we already have a rich universe with the Tolkien uh, books. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Just... Seeing Lord of the Rings on a TV budget does not get me excited. You know what I think it is, Lindley? I think it's I think it's only it only works when a story has um when a movie has more story to tell that can't be filled in in 2 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I like I told you guys with John Wick, there's a whole society that they don't talk about. Um because I feel like the type of people that go see John Wick um, most of them, not saying all of them, because, I mean, obviously I watch it, um, but they're not there for, like, let's talk about the society and the government of these assassins. It's, it's <laughs> like, no, no, I came to see Keanu Reeves be a badass and shoot people in the head and, like, kill a man with a pencil. Like, that's what I come mm-hmm. to see. That's what I come to go see. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about, uh, The Gifted, um, on Fox, which is a, um, an extension of the X-Men cinematic universe. Um, and it's, and it is connected. They do talk about the characters. They do reference them. Um, but it's, you're never going to see like a cameo from like Hugh Jackman. They don't want that. They want to tell, they're like, these are stories within the X-Men universe that haven't been told yet. Let's talk about this. Um, same thing with the show Legion. Um, it talks about a, it's, it's technically in the X-Men cinematic universe, but they don't have to necessarily reference the movies. Yeah. They can just focus, they can just focus on that particular story and that particular character. And it's kind of like the Logan effect where it benefits from the fact that it's not a direct parallel to the movies. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not like a Marvel Netflix show or it's not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where you have to reference the movies every five seconds in order for people to remember it's in the universe in the universe. Legion can stand alone. And it does. The, fantastically. Yeah, right. The Gifted can stand alone. I feel like a, a show like Continental, the John Wick show, I feel like that's a series that, that can stand alone, um, especially if you are putting in especially if it's well choreographed fight scenes um if you put that in there if you make that its driving force while also still being in the john wick universe um people will come see it and they'll watch it i mean look at into the badlands right now people love that show and its main selling point is the fight scenes that it has Mm. um and maybe that's and maybe that's the issue with and 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 Stephen, you're a, a a bigger fan of Lord of the Rings than I. Maybe that's the problem with the Lord of the Rings TV show is that you know really 
Besides Tom Bombadil, what else are they going to talk about? What else haven't I seen? And is that enough to keep me engaged for, let's say, seven seasons? If it's successful. And it, or, you know, does it just kind of smack of, you know, well, Disney has all these franchises. We need our own. Mm-hmm. And do, is it really one that we really need? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I, I like to me, Lord of the Rings is not one of those that I feel we need anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time for it, but that time is gone, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. You know, I'm not trying to discredit what the, you know, the trilogy did or anything, but I just, it, it's plain to a crowd that honestly, if you want more Lord of the Rings, go read the books. They're yeah, there, yeah. you know, and a lot of it really is not translatable to film. You know, I know mm-hmm. that was a huge concern when they made those, that trilogy was like, it's too big. It'll never work. But no, you start reading the Silmarillion. And unless you make a TV show out of it that lasts for like 50 years, you will never do that one justice. It's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. there's just too much that goes on, you know, where like, I mean, literally the part where they actually start talking about the events of Lord of the Rings is relegated Mm -hmm. to like a page and a half, just to give you Mm -hmm. an idea of how summarized everything else is. And, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you just don't need Mm -hmm. it. I mean, it all does go back to supply and demand, too. And, I mean, really, who is asking for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, could could the argument really, could the argument be made for John Wick as well to say who's asking for it? Or do you think because John Wick is, I mean, it's popular, but it's it's obviously not on the same scale as Lord of the Rings or you know, a Marvel movie that it, it kind still of like has a fairly good following though. What's that? It does have a fairly good following. It does. It does. And most people who, who do like John wick are very excited for the TV show. But I feel like, you know, the concept about it, it almost, especially since you said it's not really going to be related to like, it's not going to be about John wick. I almost mm-hmm. feel like the concept alone is interesting enough to explore you know, without having mm-hmm. to write on that brand name, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of oh, like yeah, if you wanted, if you wanted to do, you know, the adventures of hobbits that inevitably, you know, is not an interesting enough concept. It's just writing on the brand name. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no matter how you approach that, cause it's just so well established um, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, the Ewoks, you know, the adventures of Ewoks, oh, you know, gosh, it's, it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's like, that is firmly established Star Wars. You yeah. can't separate it, but the concept you described to the average moviegoer who maybe hasn't seen John Wick, you know, they might be pulled in like, okay, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. certainly as you were describing, it sounded interesting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, never know. Bonus, bonus question. Um, before we shift uh what about um what about harry potter hmm could harry potter be translated into a tv show i've always uh, felt that it should be yeah it depends on what you're making a tv show out of well what well i mean hell why do, why why make 
uh, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Why make that into a movie? You could have you could have made a TV show out of that. That's what I was considering too. I don't think a show about like Harry, Hermione, or Ron. No. And they're like a, other smaller adventures in Hogwarts would be fine, but I do think Fantastic Beasts, the medium of it would fit better with a TV show and mm-hmm. maybe a better cast. But that's another subject. I don't know what you're talking about, Lindley. And they're making you don't. Eight. <laughs> and they're making eight movies for crying out loud. Eight? What? 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 Eight? Yeah, it's why? Like, it's they're it's like it's like the new Harry uh, Potter. Like they're making. I thought it was just gonna be eight five. That's not a story that needs eight we need, movies. We need to fact check check because I uh, think we do. Yeah. Because yeah. I, it's it's an absurd. It's more than the one that it it earned. <laughs> you know, like okay, like it'll be fine. But five, you movies. know, one one is fine, but still, yeah, it's how gonna many? be five movies. Five, okay. Five. That's still too. So many. that's still excessive. That's still a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the crimes of Grindelwald. I'm like. Oh, okay. You know what? Never mind. I see what you're saying, Lindley. Yeah, that that is one casting <laughs> oh, choice. Now, I will. Now I, he, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> now he gets. It. I thought he was just joking. I was like, <laughs> oh, I thought he was joking too. Sorry. No. Yes. I thought you were talking about like the entire cast. No, no like no, I no, don't no. have a problem with uh, Jude Law's Dumbledore. I think that could be fun. Mm-hmm. I like Eddie Redmayne. I just wish he wouldn't whisper as much. I think. Yeah, I think that might be a directing choice. He has to whisper. Like in that but then he creates life! <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that movie. I love like Jupiter character. Ascending? Huh? That's, I was referencing Jupiter Ascending. No, I was talking about Fantastic Beasts. Oh, oh thank God. <laughs> I'm indifferent. I saw it, Jupiter but I was ascending. like, oh, like oh, this is man. fun, but I wasn't mm-hmm. thrilled with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. So, I don't know. Fantastic Beasts. I like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But Fantastic Beasts is not. It's it not all my It wasn't necessary. Yeah. I mean, hell, I would have preferred it as a book, to be honest. It is a book, well, sort of. Well, well, it's a. Uh, well, I know, no, I have, I have the textbook. I do too, and the, and but, the Quidditch to the yeah. Ages too. But but give me give me Newt's story as a book. And make it five books. I mean, not that she needs the money. She's probably just going to donate it anyway. But still. That would have been nice. Yeah. Agreed. You know what also would be nice? For people to make up their minds on whether or not they love Zack Snyder or they hate him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Folks, to quote National Treasure, Jeff Goldblum. We got ourselves a main event. I thought you were actually going to quote like the Nick Cage National Treasure. I'm like, <laughs> we about to shield the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was the worst Nick Cage impersonation known to man. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. We uh, we have a little segment here on the show. It was a, it was kind of a one off. It's kind of a, just a joke. Um, and then it caught on and we've just kept it forever. Um, 
And I and I still think if when we make shirts, I feel like this should be the first besides the Hey Dave shirt, this should be the first shirt that we make or first or second. Uh here's a little segment we like to call Go Home Hello, DC, DC. You're, You're drunk. drunk. Got Patron in my I got that goose in my cup, the Patron rolling up, and the sea got me drunk, party people in the club, ay, throw them bottles up, 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 that was lovely, Steven. <laughs> um so guys here's the situation at hand (laughs) so let's let's turn back the clock i feel like and it's been it's been a while we've been good we have not bashed dc in quite some time that's good that's good well we haven't said anything good but we haven't said anything horrible Hmm. and i think that's a win and that's improvement (laughs) Um, so you guys recall, right? Zack Snyder, um, exited Justice League for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joss Whedon was brought in Mm -hmm. and he did reshoots of key scenes from, uh, Justice League. And he made it more Whedon-esque slash Avengers slash what Dave pointed out to me, and Lindley, I don't know if you noticed this, Justice League is the exact same plot as Age of Ultron. Oh my gosh. That's what I said. <laughs> and, I know, and I know Dave is like sitting in his car like, see, I told you. Um, yeah. Right? It's the exact same it's the exact same plot, even down to we gotta fight the bad guys in Russia. And save as many people as we can. Discount Sokovia. Yes. <laughs> Insert. I think they were. I, I think. Did they say they were in Ukraine? I or don't remember. All I know is that the town only had one family living in it. Apparently, and like one apartment building. Because they had one spent random their apartment budget, building, and that was their only money they had left over for extras. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Deadpool. <laughs> it's like you couldn't afford any, any other X-Men. So I only see two of you at that time. <laughs> um, so now, and, and listen, listen, listen. We have said on the show, and I'll be and and I was I was the one carrying the carrying the torch from the beginning. Zack Snyder was the issue with the DCEU. He was slash is the issue. And many people agreed. Uh, well, they agreed. Until. <laughs> until they saw the Justice League. And then they found out that there's a whole, there's all these different scenes that we didn't get to see. And there's all different interpretations of the characters that we didn't get to see. And it's all from the Snyder Cut. So now everybody wants to see the Snyder Cut. Which kind of makes me angry because I'm like, guys. You you all talked so much junk about Zack Snyder for years, saying that he was the worst part of the DCEU. 
Mm-hmm. And now, and now you want to see his Justice League? Why? Do you really think it's going to be that much better? And true, there are there are some key scenes that are really cool. Like apparently, that trailer, the trailer when Alfred is talking to somebody, but you're not sure who, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was supposed to be, and and Dave's probably going to tell me like, no, they didn't say that. Whatever, Dave. This is what I heard. I heard that it was supposed to be Green Lantern. But was it Army Hammer as Green Lantern? Army Hammer would actually be a good Hal Jordan. He was rumored to be Hal Jordan. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would be a really good Hal Jordan, actually. And that's what I was hoping for in the end credit scene, but we got mm-hmm. something different. Yeah, and I was disappointed because it just seems a waste to me that you're going to reference Green Lantern at the beginning, but then you don't have him show back up later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a that's a waste, especially when you know, like the ring goes away to go find somebody else. Yep. So who did it go to? Um, there's a scene, and you can look it up on YouTube, but there's a scene with the Flash and Iris West um, who he saves from a car accident. That's a really cool sequence. Um, and kind of establishes that relationship going into the Flash movie. Um, there are a couple of different scenes, uh, uh, or a couple of different interpretations. Aquaman is a little bit gruffer. He's not quite, he's not quite the comedian as much. Um, but anyways, here's, here's my question for you guys. Should Zack Snyder have been given a chance to tell a complete story? And then replace him with Whedon. I don't, honestly, with the DC, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much you can hope for before your dreams are completely shattered. Mm-hmm. And while I still think there is a smidgen of hope as far as movies go, just right. everything that Warner Brothers... Because honestly, at this point... I do think that Zack Snyder has some of the blame. Mm-hmm. By hearing everything that had to do with Suicide Squad and now this whole thing about replacing and scenes and director's cuts, this is a Warner Brothers thing. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is, ugh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't, what? honestly, I, I wasn't thrilled with justice league but it was an improvement mm-hmm. comparatively yeah. to man of steel or batman v superman there were parts of it both snyder wise and whedon wise that were enjoyable mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. it didn't knock it out of the park it wasn't on the level that wonder woman was at all mm-hmm. but there were elements that i enjoyed and that's more than i can say for like suicide squad or batman v superman I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. They, they, honestly, what they need to do is hit the refresh button. As right. much as it pains me to say that, keep Gal Gadot, for God's sake, keep Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. Oh, no, they're every- going to, they can write their own tickets at this point. Uh, yeah, they hope Cause so. they're, cause they're the, they're the ones who got the good press. Mm-hmm. You know? 
But I I do think that they are. If you don't, if you guys have not heard, uh, there is a rumor that the studio is not happy with with Ben Affleck as Batman. They're trying to get him out as quickly as possible. Um, I think he Matt, wants out too. Yeah, Matt Reeves is saying that he wants to. He really wants Jake Gyllenhaal. I think Gyllenhaal has even stated that he would not mind taking over as Batman. Um, especially since that would give a, that would give us a younger Batman at the age of everybody else in the ensemble, uh-huh. which would be nice because I hate old man Bruce. Um, that, that would be like contradicting the continuity they already have going on. Unless you do a Lazarus Pit in Batman, or someone, would, or someone online, would just, Lazarus Pit would make things so complicated. It would, because then you'd have to explain the properties. You have to bring in Ra's al Ghul. You'd have to do all this yep. other stuff. Mm-hmm. But someone also said too, you could have it be a flashpoint um, scenario. No, oh, we've already got that coming in the works. Because Batman apparently is rumored to be in Flashpoint. Well, he's—I mean—he's crucial to the plot anyway. Well, his dad is. But someone said something could happen within Flashpoint that could send Flash back through time. And when he comes back to present day, we have a younger Bruce. So basically, they're going to days of future past everything. Right. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Which I mean, hey, if you're going to if you're going to pull that trigger. You can, but just know that that's it. You don't you don't have any more storylines that you can do that with. It's kind of it it's it is like Days of Futures Past. Once you pull the Days of Futures Past trigger, you can't do Days of Futures Past 2. It's done. The only other thing that you can do, well, Marvel can do is House of M. House of M, but, House of M, House of but, M, give me a House of M movie, please. <laughs> but How DC, long have I said that? I mean, we. I mean, we've all said it. We've said it multiple times on the show. You know, it'd be very easy to do it. I mean, Marvel doesn't need to do it now. Well, let's just but, look at something Marvel was really good at doing. Go ahead. They had an end game in mind, at least in terms of phases. You know, they right. planned it out. They took their time. This is mm-hmm. something that the DCU has never been good at. And, no, and we've said this much from as, the beginning. Oh, go ahead. We said this from the beginning. Exactly what you're saying, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like, you know, I think there's, you know, obviously Zack Snyder's vision was god awful in my opinion, but who was he working for? Who was the person above him that said, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." That's the like. I feel like that's the person. Um, who should really be held responsible for how awful it's mostly turned out. I mean, even, you know, you know, there was talks like when Wonder Woman came out, some of the best scenes in it, they, the studio wanted to cut because they just didn't understand the material they were working with. You know, That's Warner Brothers saying. has it's taken a very court. Yeah. They've taken a very corporate mindset to it, you know, and tried making these almost through a demographic study case study group instead of actually looking at uh what made it you know interesting and fun in the first place you know they needed a a good story they needed a kevin they needed a kevin feig 
Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They needed someone like, who get... genuinely, you know, cared about mm. the story they were telling and not just who what's going to, you know, appeal to a a certain demographic of, you know, so teenage they, boys. You so know? they needed a hero. They were holding out for a hero to the morning light. He's got to be strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephen, <laughs> to to kind of piggyback on that, I have some information that might that might sway you in a certain direction. Hmm. They have replaced the executive producer, so the person in charge Ooh. of the DCEU. Um, his name is Walter Hamada. Uh, he is known for Sorority Boys. 47 Ronin, and most recently, It. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of those movies was good. Well, well, wait a minute now. Now, his other credits, <laughs> and his other credits. And Elm Street remake. Oh. Mm-hmm. No. I'm oh, no. 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 Wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> this is, this is why they brought him in. No, this is why they brought him in. It's The Conjuring. That's why they brought him in, because he, he got the Conjuring extended universe off the ground. That's insane. No, because it's good. People love it. I'm saying that's why they brought him in. Okay. I don't know, Marcus. That's like, that's like, that's like one home run out of like countless strikes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not, it's not one home run. It's, okay, you got the Conjuring. You've got Conjuring, Annabelle, The Conjuring 2, and It. Next to 47 Ronin, The Gallows, Within, Friday the 13th. Oh, remake, not The Gallows! Final Destination. No. The Final Destination, that is. Final Destination 5, which comes Steven, after stop, The Final Destination. Sad. Which was supposed to be the last Final Destination. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I don't know. You well, know you what? Can't... You know what? I take it back. That's not fair because some really good movies that I've seen and enjoyed were directed by directors who didn't really make much that was that good before. James mm-hmm. Gunn. Yeah. James so, Gunn. They give him Scooby-Doo mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. second Scooby-Doo movie. And now we, and then he made Guardians of the Galaxy and everybody loved him. So, okay. Okay, Marcus. Okay. I'll- no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not saying either way whether or not he he's going to do a great job or not. What I'm saying is this is a guy. That they feel that they have faith in to do this to like, okay, make us a cinematic universe, get this off the ground or keep this ship afloat. Essentially. I mean, I feel like it's off the ground. It just needs to be kept afloat now. Yeah. And maybe this is the guy to do it. Maybe he's even worse. I just know that based on, and I'm solely basing this on, um, the Conjuring because everything else, nothing else, none of these other movies that I'm seeing on here, none of these, none of these are franchises. The franchise, the only franchise that he has to his credit is The Conjuring, and The Conjuring well. is still, and The Conjuring is still going. They've got like two movies coming out set yeah. in the conjuring universe and he, he he's tried the franchise game before and they all tanked nightmare on elm street friday the 13th final destination you know those are all franchises but none of those really did those franchises any service 
other than money, I think. Yeah, but he's still got the conjuring on there. To me, that's to me, to me, out of all those, the conjuring is the biggest achievement because I don't think anybody thought that that thing was going to ever be as as popular as it is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the movie, but I never thought that they would try they would then seek to make it into a a whole universe. And he did it. For better or he, for worse. He he cracked the code. And who else has cracked the code in Hollywood other than Marvel? He's the only other one. Well, define cracking the code. Cracking the he might code have made, is... He might have made these movies to be success, but does that make them good? The Conjuring? Well, hold on. The Conjuring, yes, is good, but I'm talking about the other movies involved in the franchise. Conjuring 2 is okay. Annabelle, not so much. And then I haven't heard much about Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation, I hear, is phenomenal. They said it's much better than Annabelle. They said it, in matter of fact, it it corrects the mistakes that they made in Annabelle. Hmm. So this is a guy, this is a guy who's willing to learn from past mistakes. Hmm. I don't know. And because he's gotten, because he's gotten this franchise off the ground, then he's already coming in with more knowledge than DC has. I've just learned not to get my hopes up. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like, you know, with Marvel, because they had that end game, they were more focused about how do we tell this really epic story and not how do we keep a a struggling franchise afloat. I mean, do you, do you mm. see the two different battles going on there? It just I, I mean, mean absolutely, but I'm saying though that Marvel when Marvel first started this, they had their B-level superheroes and they were just like we're just going to try to tell a story. That was it. They weren't trying to they weren't trying to make a cinematic universe. They did not go into this thinking that in 10, 20 years we're gonna do Infinity Wars. Ten years. Has it really been ten years? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Right? That's insane. Like they would like they did not they did not go into it thinking like that. And that's what DC did. DC went into went into this game thinking we're gonna make our own cinematic cinematic universe based off of our our DC characters. That's the that's the difference between the two. But now that Marvel, but now but now that Marvel knows what to do, and to be honest, Marvel kind of probably stumbled upon it by accident when they were like, because and they even say in countless interviews they say. They took a huge gamble because they expected everybody to watch these movies, remember them, and then watch Avengers and get the plot. Not that you have to watch the other movies for Avengers, but let's just keep it real. Avengers is a lot more entertaining when you know what they're talking about. Like I said, 
I don't think that it's not that I think that Walter Hamada is the, is the Kevin Feig of, of their of their universe. That's not what I'm saying in the slightest. What I'm saying is that this guy has has more experience than anybody at DC right now. And from what I hear, he's already making he's already looking at some of their different films and is already making changes to them. Because that's where I think I heard that with Wonder Woman, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure she's got a blank check to do whatever. Patty Jenkins. Personally, I put Patty on the board and have her have her be your Joss Whedon or Jon Favreau equivalent. Preach. Because Jon Favreau, because think about it. Jon Favreau, once Marvel was like, oh, we have something here. Who did they call? Jon Favreau. Who did who else they rely on? Joss Whedon. They chose their all-stars, the ones who their movies were critically acclaimed. So bring in Patty Jenkins. Bring her in. Bring in this Walter Amada guy. Let them make magic. And then maybe, maybe we'll see something. Maybe we'll see something good. I just want it to be good. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all I'm, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, yes, it would mean the end of Go Home DC. You're drunk. No, but I like the series. I know. Ooh, but ooh, then ooh, maybe... A moment of sobriety for for DC, though. I read that? that they are apparently planning on doing an adaptation of Superman Red Sun. I think it might be one of those animated films, but still. That's pretty cool. Yay. I that like is pretty Superman cool. Red Sun. Yay, Subert DC. I um I actually just got done reading uh The Long Halloween. Um Ooh. and I'm currently reading Hush. And the more I read those the more I read those, the more it just gets me excited for that solo Batman film. Yeah. Cause if Matt Reeve Matt Reeves in all honesty, um, and I wish they had chosen a younger Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> they could have, they, the first movie could have easily been the long Halloween because that there's so many uh, twists and turns and the, just the writing of it is great. The characterization of Batman and his relationship with, with Catwoman is, is, is fascinating. Um, it's just incredibly well-written. Oh yeah. And even right now, even, even, even the current, uh, uh, storyline of Batman um, with him and uh, Catwoman being engaged and they are <laughs> uh, he spends most of most of the issues are, are him just talking with her and having her get to know him just a little bit better mm-hmm. and this last issue um, that came out uh, I think it was two weeks ago um, it's called The Origin of Bruce Wayne you have got to read it. It's 20, it's like $2 and it is only about 24 pages, but I was bawling by the end of it. I cannot say, I cannot say enough nice things about this, about that particular story because it made you understand Batman so well. Um, like I said, like I've always said, the, the source material is there to do a good story so i don't know why they just don't rely on it marvel does (laughs) (laughs) i mean to a degree they they at least follow their stories but 
C'est la vie. C'est la vie. Cha-cha-cha. Oh, I was hoping you were going to get a, a Bewitched reference. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> say you will, say you won't, say you'll do, but I don't. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bewitch was my jam. Oh my gosh. I don't know any songs from them, but I know that Made one, and that's all I needed. Also, the one the one Bewitch song that was on the Pokemon soundtrack, that was also good. Oh gosh, which one was that? Oh yeah. Um, I can't I can't remember. Oh, it was something popular, I do remember that. Given to the rhythm of the music. I that. Sorry for this little throwback moment. Right, right. I still it have that soundtrack. It's a recording. great soundtrack. It is. It's a very good one. That's it was like stuck in my head. All it was like criminally good. It, good. Like it should not have been as good as it was. <laughs> well, folks, uh, as you can see, we're we're going to we're going to go off by ourselves, and we're going to reminisce about <laughs> Bewitched wherever they may be. Um, but before we, before we uh, leave you guys on this film talk podcast, uh, I want to first say, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope that you had a wonderful time. Um, and if you have any sort of uh, comments for us, like if you want to, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Um, there are so many different places that you can uh, find us. You can find us on WordPress. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter um, at Popcorn Prattle, P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. Uh, you can hit us up on that Insta though, um, as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> do the kids say that? That's uh, that's what my kids say, or at least oh. I say it to them, and then they're like, "Ah, no, Mr. Sally, that's so lame." Um, they also <laughs> don't say lame. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we've got some great content out there, um, and not only that, not only that, but uh, we have a couple of things coming up in our next show. Uh, our shows are every two weeks, so next week we're taking a little bit of a break. But when we come back, I am so excited for this. Um, first off, we're having our borderline not safe for work Valentine's Day episode. Um, last year got weird. <laughs> got real weird last year. And unfortunately, we can't delete this one. So this one is going to be really no! weird. Uh, <laughs> but we are we're going to have as much fun this year as we did last year. Um, in our Valentine's episode. Uh, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to do the entire show in an African accent because Black Panther is finally coming out. So much Black excellence. There's so much. Uh, I love it. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that, of course. Um, I feel like we have not, I feel like, I feel like, no Black Panther talks have have happened, so I feel like this is going to be an action packed episode. Especially if you, especially if you are um, are interested in, in in seeing the film, because apparently the pre sales are already they like they've already sold out. They've sold like so many pre sale tickets. Um, mm-hmm. Even the cast went on like Instagram and said like I tried to buy a ticket for my family and I couldn't get one because it was sold out. Um, 
So we will talk about Black Panther, and we are also getting ready, since it is awards show season, uh, we are getting ready uh, for our own awards show, which we are calling The Butter Bowl. Because I'm so excited. It is the best, because let's just be real. The buttery goodness is the best part of popcorn. Uh, and so we are going to talk about only the very best in our uh, popcorn prattle made um, categories, which I'm not going to reveal what they are, but you will get a chance to to vote and uh, be a part of the show uh, coming up in about two weeks, two weeks from now. So we will release it on our many platforms. Um Yes, and I think that is everything. So, I want to kind of let this be a little bit of a time to let people know where can they reach you. Uh, let's let me start. Let's start off with you. Where can folks at home reach you? Uh, mostly, you can reach me on Instagram at Little Lottie. That's L O T T I E. Uh, for all my pictures of life i've got my cosplay pictures there you can also see all my cosplay uh shenanigans on facebook at little lottie cosplay and i am also on the stardust app if you want to get my some more of my opinions on the movies we talk about on the show steven where can the folks at home reach you you'll never find me i'm a shy little possum i'm just kidding <laughs> you can find me on <laughs> twitter uh at bailey's workshop you can also find me my uh youtube channel uh just go to youtube type in bailey's film workshop and there it is uh check out mountain of the gods official teaser trailer share it like it a few times share it send it to everyone you know get the word out i would greatly appreciate it hello dave hi dave dave's seen it he has Oh, right. He saw it. He watched it. As a matter of fact, he watched a couple of your videos. Sweet. Mm hmm. So be nice. Oh, oh, I I will. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Um, I can't have my two best good buddies fighting. Um, (laughs) Well, you're also my best good buddy. I say it at the beginning of the show. And, of course, you guys can also reach me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. I will be um, live tweeting uh, the Oscars in March. Um, I had a great time live tweeting with a couple of other film podcasts. Uh, If you would like to, if you would like to see the transcript of, uh, of what I was live tweeting, it's very funny. Um, there's a lot of stuff about the awkward Tommy Wiseau moment um, <laughs> that happens. Um, as a matter of fact, it kind of it kind of breaks down to being mostly about Tommy Wiseau and why he's such a weirdo. Um, but you can always find that on a uh, popcorn prattle, um, where I I do a lot of the live tweeting. Um, so yeah, I think that is everything. I think we've covered all of our bases. So. Audience, we leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now.